0: Welcome to the Wags of SCI podcast, where we discuss life, love, and caregiving after spinal cord injury, hosted by Elena Pauly and Brooke Paget. Both our partners are quadriplegics,
1: and after connecting online in 2017, we began the advocacy and support group Wags of SCI, which is an acronym for Wives and Girlfriends of Spinal Cord Injury. So you must be thinking, what is the goal with this group? Our goal is and has always been to establish and nurture a strong network
0: of women around the world who
1: understand and support one another while navigating the SCI
0: life. We know firsthand the challenges that come with living this lifestyle and our mission with this podcast is to spread education, awareness and positivity from our unique perspective so join us
1: each week as we tackle deeper discussions around balancing life as a caregiver and a lover
0: to someone with a spinal cord injury. Thank you so much for tuning in to the Wags of SCI podcast. Here we go.
1: This podcast is proudly sponsored by Wishart Brain and Spine Law. Led by our personal mentor and lawyer, Robin Wishart, Wishart Brain and Spine Law is a uniquely specialized law firm located in
0: Vancouver, British Columbia. They focus their practice on complex spinal cord injury and traumatic brain injury cases. And they work with clients all over North America as advocates and a much needed resource in the spinal cord injury community.
1: Robin and her team look at their clients differently than other firms. You're not just a case, you're a person with a family, a life and a purpose.
0: They are always looking for ways to help improve the quality of life for their clients by providing the support they need for their recovery, such as assisting with insurance and benefits paperwork, finding resources for home adaptations, setting up medical appointments with doctors and specialists and making sure that their clients are doing physically and mentally okay. Wishart
1: Brain and Spine Law is proud to support Wags of SCI. Robin is committed to helping clients and their families any way that she can,
0: because she wants you to live your life and not your claim. Your first consultation is always free. So contact them at brainandspinelaw.com and make sure to mention that the Wags of SCI sent you.
1: This episode is sponsored in part by Camp Possibility. Camp Possibility is a one-week adapted camp for young adults age 18 to 40 who have spinal cord injuries and their partners. This camp takes place in Martinsville, Indiana and runs from August 1st to 6th, 2021. Registration begins February 1st and there are limited spots available.
0: For more information, visit www.camppossibility.org. That's camppossibility or email Lauren at camppossibility.org. You can also find them on Facebook, Instagram, or you can contact us at Wags at gmail.com and we'd be happy to connect you. Hurry as registration begins February 1st until all 24 spots are filled. Hello everyone
1: and welcome back to the Wags of SCI podcast with your hosts, Brooke Paget
0: and Elena Pauly. Hello and welcome back. Today we have a special guest, I guess every week we have a special guest, but this one is extra spicy. Her name is Kelly Perks Bevington. She's a 32 year old entrepreneur and consultant based in the West Midlands of the UK. She has a spinal muscular atrophy type three, which is a genetic disability, meaning for her that she uses an electric wheelchair to get around. Kelly's condition is progressive and has meant that she has faced losing her ability throughout her life, especially when her body faces big changes and challenges, such as pregnancy. Kelly has two young sons, which is quite trying for any parent, but absolutely loves parenting with her disability, with the help of her supportive partner, Josh, and her awesome team of PAs. From a young age, Kelly was outspoken and never let any anyone dictate what her disability meant or allowed her to do, which has been very, very inspirational for us to get to know. Kelly now works as a consultant, which allows her to d- dedicate her time to projects that truly excite her and allow her to also to manage her time to ensure she has sufficient time with her young sons. Kelly's current projects span from recruitment to working for forward-thinking sex toy brand. You may have heard of it. It's Hot Octopus. Kelly also works as a presenter and is the current host of Hot Octopus's brand podcast called Pleasure Rebels. As well as this, Kelly has also worked on projects for the BBC, Channel 4, and Virgin Media. Kelly also regularly appears in mainstream media through the UK discussing issues that disabled people face and advocating for other disabled people. Kelly has also co-founded the business with no four, with not for, pardon me, with Emma Gardner. Kelly and Emma are working together on this project to not only get disabled people into work, but to push disabled people into high paid and high power roles. Ultimately, getting them to boardroom level by embracing talent. And re educating big employers about the benefits of adding people with disabilities to their team. Welcome, Kelly. What an Hi, introduction.
2: Thank you. Yeah, thank you for having me and thank you for reading that super
1: long bio. I'm sorry about that, guys. <laughs> That's totally fine. You've done so much with your life and you're only 32. So inspirational. Yeah. Uh, well, I'm only 32. Yeah, I'm glad you say it like that and don't make me sound old. <laughs> no, you're not old. And you have two children. You're like a, a role model, to be honest. And you've just done so, so much with your life. We're super happy to have you on. We're going to talk about some spicy things, most mostly sex in the disabled community yeah. and Hot Octopus's stance on all of that and why it's important in this podcast. So thank you so much for joining us. Why don't you start with your story, your personal story? Who are you? And, um, you know, what's your story with your disability? Oh, wow. Okay. That's that's definitely a
2: good question that I'm not sure I know the answer to. Who am I? Um, <laughs> um, well, I'm a 32-year-old uh, woman from the West Midlands. I am a wheelchair user. I've got spinal muscular atrophy type three, um, which means that I use an electric wheelchair on a daily basis. Um, like you said in the bio, I've got two young sons. One is three and a half, one is one. So that is uh, a busy life, just the... um i'm an an entrepreneur um one of my favorite roles that we spoke about is obviously working for octopus the reason that i started working for octopus was it was kind of like a natural progression um i've always been like a sexual person kind of a forward person um sexuality is a huge part of my personality. And that's because really, um, it was something that I used from an early age to to make myself attractive as a wheelchair user. Um, sometimes it was a good thing. Sometimes it was a bad thing. Um, and it got me into some bad situations. Um, but I think all of that was kind of training for this role that I'm in now, where I'm kind of telling the world uh, about how to have good sex um, and also learning about how to have good sex myself and all of the things that that all the lovely listeners and, and Hot Octopus fans are into. So that's
0: kind of me in a nutshell. Wow. Amazing. And, um, so we want to kind of hop into this because we have so many questions for you, both Brooke and I are so Mm -hmm. excited to have you on today. Um, both Brooke and I love to talk about sex as well in our community and sort of bust some of those. (laughs) Yeah. We want to crush some of those stigmas, you know? Um, Mm -hmm. so we want to know exactly what made you want to come on this podcast and accept their invitation and speak so openly about sexual health and disability? Well, I think it's so
2: important because, um, you know, there is such of a, a lack of education around disability and sex. There's this kind of common misconception that disabled people are asexual um, or just not sexually attractive in general. Um And whether that's due to like a lack of education in in the community or whether, you know, that's due to a lack of representation in mainstream media. It's definitely something that's still rife. Um, and it's so important that I start these conversations and kind of help people learn from my, my mistakes or my experiences. Um, so it's really important that I accept your invica- invitation and, and discuss these things because I think prior to, you know, the last few years, disability and sex weren't mentioned in the same sentence. There was no Sort of sexual advocacy for disabled people. There was no toys directly aimed at disabled people or even adapted so that disabled people could use them. Um, So I feel that it's important for me to use my voice to be able to educate in that way as much as I can.
1: It's so progressive, too. And it's just it's amazing on their part for caring so much and really incorporating disabilities into their mission. Do you would you like to explain Hot Octopus's mission and why they feel like sex and disability is so important? Sure, sure. So Hot Octopus
2: was started by um, Adam and Jules, our co-founders. Um, and I had Adam on the show the other day just to talk a little bit about Hot Octopus and why it started. And it was mainly because he was looking at his own pleasure and, and the way that he liked to experience pleasure. Um, but you know, he said that he thought long and hard about who was going to start this business with and he thought of jewels. And then he kind of looked at the way that they were perceived, you know, they were into the rave scene in Camden. They weren't sort of clean cut. They didn't fit, you know, society's norms and neither did all of their friends. So they've always been inclusive throughout their whole lives. Um, and they thought, well, you know, we can't start a company that doesn't go by our own man and doesn't include the people that we include in our everyday lives. So I think that, you know, they are pioneers in terms of sexual technology, but also in terms of attitudes and raising awareness and paying consultants to work with them to help them understand issues th- further. Um, it's it's something that's not done, unfortunately, and it's something that they are doing, um, which is great for them, um, you know, bringing, bringing people that really understand and bringing people... That, you know, no disability inside and out or no gender inside and out or no sexuality inside and out to talk on those subjects and to educate them so that they know that they're doing the right thing and that the brand's doing the right thing ultimately.
0: Right. That's excellent. So they obviously have a personal tie to beginning this sex toy company where you're making money off of wanking which is amazing
2: (laughs) yes definitely that's the one thing that we do say here it's literally the best job in the world because we get paid to experience pleasure to work on pleasure for other people to look at products to try products like literally I feel like you know, I said natural progression. It is, you know, it, I feel like everything's kind of led me to this point where I get to, uh, wank for my job. Like <laughs> yeah. Adam said it on my show the other day. It is literally the best, the best job in the world.
0: That's incredible. So what made you choose to pick hot octopus to work for as opposed to any other sex toy company or any other position that would have mm-hmm. led you to where you are now?
2: I think, again, just, you know, the attitudes and the fact that they understand that disabled people deserve to be paid for their work and their education. You'd be surprised. Well, I'm sure actually you wouldn't be surprised. You might be surprised that so many companies, no matter how big or small, feel like disabled people are public property and, you know. They should just want to raise awareness and they don't have bills to pay, you know, they're on benefits or. They have no need to sustain a family life or, you know, all those taboos that need to be broken. Hot octopus understand, you know, they pay all their writers, even their like guest bloggers, everybody um, that wants to raise awareness on an issue at Hot octopus gets paid and, and respected for their opinion. Um, and that's just it as well, that they will share so many differing opinions on so many topics without worries of, you know, what's popular or, you know, what's going to get the most likes. They're very open to um, just raising awareness and letting people have a voice, which I think is really, really important.
1: That's really special. Giving people the ability to share their experiences in a unique way and being okay with that. Like that's just Mm -hmm. a really progressive company. And yeah, we're so glad you're on and we, Hot Octopus has been around for a while um, and it's been pretty prominent in the message boards of our private group on com and um, a lot of people in our community use your guys' products because yeah. let's just let's just be honest, it your products there are a few that have been really good for helping our guys achieve ejaculation. Uh So what would you say are the top selling products? Let's just say I was new to Hawk Octopus and I didn't know anything about you guys. And I was, I was hearing through the grapevine that your products were good for assisting ejaculation or maybe for couples. What are your favorite products for people with disabilities? So I think the product that you're talking
2: about is the Pulse Duo. That's our kind of mutual masturbation toy. Um, it's absolutely fantastic for couples with disabilities where, you know, um, the, The penis owner struggles with uh, erectile function um, or anything to do with energy levels, really. Um, So, basically, it can be used so that you can put the penis in flaccid, which a lot of toys don't allow you to do anyway. Um, And then that can be used alongside your partner. So, there's a vibration point on the outside to stimulate the clitoris. So, it's instead of penetration, it's mutual masturbation. And it's something that can and increase intimacy um, and and make you have those feelings like you might miss with penetration. If penetration is quite strenuous, like it is for a couple that I've worked with before, you know, um, they say it's the perfect toy for them because they've both got disabilities that affect their pain um, and their energy levels. So when they can't go for a penetration or they don't want to, um, this is just the perfect, you know, intimacy toy for them and also pleasurable you know they absolutely love it um for that reason as well but it does bring you closer together and you know I'm a big fan of mutual masturbation whether it's with toys or just with a partner anyway because I think it's one of the most open intimate acts that you can kind of explore
1: Yeah. And I think that a lot of our, the couples in our community don't really know about that. I mean, I think masturbation has like a, a negative connotation for a lot of people, Uh Um, especially like some people that are religious. I, I feel like it's kind of entrained in them that it's not okay. And so after spinal cord injury happens to their partner or they, they don't really explore that. And I feel like that's something that is really, really important for, for your, you know, yourself as a caregiver. um, And then, you know, the pleasure of your partner, if he's not able to sustain an erection for long periods of time, it's just another avenue to explore, which I think that's so, so, so important. And I don't think it gets talked about enough. What do you think about that, Elena?
0: I have to agree. You know, there's a, like you were saying, let's touch on to the fact that religion puts a lot of shame into uh, people exploring their bodies, getting to know their bodies properly. Um, I can speak from that from my, you know, Even meeting my partner before SCI, he went to a private Catholic school and this is something that we always talked about. We're like, you know, what kind of porn do you like to look at? Do you know, do you masturbate? What do you like to do? And there was just an intense amount of shame around that, which Mm. I feel can be extremely damaging to people and self-actualization, self-realization of who you are, your body, your body parts, what they look like, what they feel like, you know, all that stuff that encompasses that. And then when you have a a disability, it's almost like a double whammy when it comes to stereotypes and stigmas. So I, I have to agree with that, Brooke, that it's really important to be able to just be really open and honest. And no, you don't have to wait until you're married to do so because let's face it. Some of us might not get married until I'm 40. So (laughs) who knows, (laughs) you know? Um, so I mean, it's, it's, I think that's a very important piece to say is that, you know, we really want to encourage everybody to do what's right for you and not necessarily listen to the outside chatter of media or whatnot and religious, um, sex and whatnot.
1: Yeah, for sure. And, um, Kelly, would you say that masturbation has a negative connotation in a lot of your followers and listeners and the questions that you guys get? Or would you say that it's becoming more popular? I think that, you know, we
2: are a sex toy company. So ultimately, the people buying the products mostly will be masturbators. Um, but I think that, you know, for women or vulva owners, um, you know, masturbation is something that's always been taboo. And if you're a woman and you say you enjoy to masturbate, you know, you do get looked down on um, or, you know, there is a stigma around that. And that is something that I've noticed over the past probably year or so with so many sex positive bloggers, vloggers, podcasters, that people are getting used to the fact that women like to orgasm too. And it shouldn't just be a male thing. You know, we should be able to experience Mm -hmm. that. Why not?
0: well yeah absolutely and i think that's kind of driven by that very patriarchal outdated archaic belief system that you know if a man was to masturbate and have sex he's spreading his seed he's doing a good thing Mm. wow what a stud whereas (laughs) if a woman's doing it, it's like oh well she must be kind of slutty or you know she must be who knows she's very promiscuous and and whatnot so i Mm -hmm. think that's something that we're still tackling today what do you think brooke Well, you know, what's interesting. Um, We get a lot of
1: messages from women on our private group talking about how um, they're they're clearly horny (laughs) and they're not like in the space where they've figured out how to have sex with their partners yet. Like a lot of them are new to this injury or new to this life um, and they haven't quite figured out what sex looks like for them and their partner. Um, And... A lot of them are sexually frustrated and they're saying, oh, like, you know, some, it's very taboo, even still in our private group. Does anyone have a guy on the side or uh, how are you guys like doing this? And like, I'm so frustrated and it's interesting because no one mentions masturbation. I remember there's Mm -hmm. been a few times where I've commented on their posts been like, Hey, um, you're sexually frustrated. Have you ever tried pleasuring yourself? Because it makes a huge difference getting, expelling that energy, tuning into Mm. your own body, getting that relief, if that's what you need, um, just kind of like tuning into your own needs first, when you're kind of in limbo with your partner and you know, he may be newly injured, or you may be trying to figure something out, or some things may not be working for you and you're trying to, you want to stay with him, but you feel guilty. And it's just like, I feel like masturbation solves all those problems, but it's still kind of like such a taboo thing for even women to discuss. Mm. And it's 2021. Um, What are your thoughts on that, Kelly? I think, honestly, I can only go on...
2: On the way I am and I like to masturbate at least once a day. That might sound excessive to some of your listeners, but it's something that really helps me relax. And it is a time where you just get to let everything go, which I could imagine is probably quite necessary in your community because of, you know, the strains of daily life, like we've spoken about previously. Um, you know, I think. It's just so important to sort of have that time to yourself, pleasure yourself. And it can be so, so quick when you you know what you want your program to know what you like. Um, and if, you know, if you haven't explored that previously, then in my opinion, you should because it will help you with partnered sex as well to understand what you like and and to advocate for yourself and what you like. And if you want a toy recommendation for some of the partners out there, I would definitely recommend our Ammo or our Digit. They're very small, discrete bullet vibrators, and they're excellent for clitoral stimulation and for helping people explore.
0: Absolutely. And I, I actually like the digit. Um, we've given it away just recently on our Instagram feed. Um, thanks to you guys. And, you know, I find that especially for men who are quadriplegics, if the woman can help put it on their finger, and even if your hand is sort of curled up, you can still pleasure your partner which is what both Brooke and I saw that and we're like that is super cool for somebody who doesn't have finger movement necessarily Mm. but can attach it to their hand and have that vibration
1: yeah the digit's
2: one of my favorites because I've I've spoke to other friends with disabilities that it their disabilities do affect their hands and their hand position and they're actually able to get the digit clipped onto their fingers um so you can kind of pull the clip back a little bit, slide the hand in, and then and then position it in a way that's comfortable. And that's a really big bonus for them, for self pleasure or for pleasuring partners, um, that they're able to, you know, hold that there with confidence uh, and explore.
1: Yeah,
0: absolutely. That's really
1: cool. Kelly, you're very confident in talking about sex and it's really refreshing. (laughs) Do you have any advice for women who want to explore masturbation or mutual masturbation with their partners but don't know how to bring it up? Like, what's your advice for kind of communicating that to your partner without them, their partner getting offended or just trying to bring it up? Well, that's a difficult question. Um, (laughs) I think the
2: the important thing here is to remember that communication is completely key um but th- the another important thing to think about is the fact that a lot of people in interable relationships have that level of deep communication anyway um it might just be something that your partner hasn't thought that you'd be into um or or want to explore so i think from the perspective of your listeners typically the the people with spinal cord injuries that you support are male um and partners female so I think you know typically if you think about it I think there's a lot of guys being completely stereotypical here but that if their partner said hey can I wank in front of you I feel like they'd all pretty much say yes um so I think you've just (laughs) got to be kind of confident with Mm. with that and and go with it and and if it doesn't go well you know try and explain your feelings around that and and why it is a thing that you'd like to try and if it's completely not for them well then each to their own and you've got to respect that and do with that information what you can but I think it's about starting the conversation confidently and and understanding completely what you want to get out of that situation as well.
0: Absolutely that's a great 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 answer to our question. Um, I'm going to ask you something maybe a little bit more personal here as well. Uh What is your stance? And we talk about this in our community quite often, is that if um, a lot of people do have like the care the care that provide the care um there are some people in our community who have invited a third party into Mm -hmm. the bedroom with them whether that person helps you know position their partner or that that person helps with like you said get the mood going what is your stance on having a threesome or other people having a threesome or inviting more than one person their partner into the bedroom
2: I think that from my experience, it's something that you've got to be completely open to, and you've got to be you've got to set your boundaries before this happens. So, especially I think in an interable relationship where somebody is not able to do as much maneuvering, or you know, everybody needs to come to them sometimes. Um, and and if it if it's a case of two guys, you know, you don't want any kind of masculinity issues and things like that where. People, I think you get that in, in threesomes with able-bodied people anyway, where it's kind of like a show and the guys are kind of trying to show stamina or whatever Mm -hmm. it is I don't know so it's important to have these conversations before um where you kind of outline your do's and don'ts and what you'd be okay with and what you wouldn't be okay with I'm completely down for threesomes in my relationship that I'm in at the moment it's a no-go area I've been in open relationships before um but my partner is very very monogamous and we kind of made a deal when we started our relationship that my non-monogamous or threesomes and, and all that kind of open stuff is behind me. And I made that deal because. I love him and I want to be with him and we have a family. And, you know, that is something I'm completely satisfied with. If there was ever a day that I wasn't, we'd have that conversation, you know. Um, So it is, again, unfortunately, it sounds boring, but communication is key when it comes to things like this because you don't want to be in the moment and you're having an argument or somebody's feelings get hurt, but you're too wrapped up to realize that. It's really important that you outline your your do's and don'ts, like I say, and, and how everything's going to go down. And it doesn't have to be boring either. You know, it sounds like when you say you've got to plan things or, you know, just discuss things at length beforehand, it, it comes across that it might be boring. Um, but it's really not, you can, you can bring it into sex talk and, and you can quickly understand from that what your partner's okay with, what turns them on, what's a no go, Um, and, and it is, it's just about talking it through and then, and then doing it.
1: (laughs) Yeah, for sure. And I feel like, you know, time and time again, we hear the same things. Communication is key. You can't Mm -hmm. solve any problems. You can't explain things. You can't get closer without communication. And I feel like a lot of us need to hear that. Um, it's Mm -hmm. so important to just voice what you are thinking. Voice what you need. Voice what you feel. If it's authentic, you know. If you get pushback, it's it's all meant to be, and it all work itself out. If you're being authentic, would you agree with that, Kelly?
2: Definitely. That's the main thing you can be. And if you're not authentic, then what's what's the point? Almost because. Right. There's no point in living your life as somebody else. If you have desires or feelings that you want to explore, it's better for everybody for those to come out straight away, whether they be good or whether they be bad. Um, you need to be honest and you need to communicate with your partner. There's days that me and my partner have an awful day with the kids. You know, we're not Agreeing on parenting tactics, they're being a nightmare. Um, but we get to the end of the day and we have an open and honest conversation about what went wrong, what we could change, and it sounds boring and it sounds like, oh my gosh, you've had such a long day. Why would you want to do that afterwards? And sometimes it can feel like that, but our relationship is stronger because of that. And we have our boundaries and we have our everything laid out. So there's no second guessing, there's no kind of um sarcasm or like, you know, like snipey comments, because we know right. where we stand all of the time. And it can be something that's quite daunting for people because there's a lot of people that aren't used to expressing themselves in that way. Um, But it's definitely something that works for me.
0: Love that answer. And like you said before, and like we've said before, this, you know, living life with a disability and supporting your partner with a disability, there are no secrets. There really Mm -hmm. aren't. Or we try to aim to not have any secrets and just be open communicators. So that's a great answer. Um, So moving on, I just want to ask you what kind of challenges have you faced um when you're out in the real world and you're talking about sex what kind of challenges have you faced with the discussion of sexual health and disability have you had any pushback i actually i'm quite lucky to say that i haven't had
2: any pushback um i think it might be because i just go out with such a bolshy confident attitude that people are kind of shocked initially um, maybe they don't have time to register what's actually going on. Um, I think there is... There is something, you know, in disability and sex where people still might look at it as medical or not sexy, but we do everything that we can to absolutely push sexuality, disability and pleasure and every bit of marketing we do. Um, especially around disability and sex, it's all about sex and people looking hot. And, <laughs> you know, it's, it's, it's literally. It's, it's just there for people to see plain and simple. It's not a medical model of disability and sex. It's literally disabled people have sex, get over it. And, and I think if you go with that message, then people can't push you back too much. At least I hope not. I'm hoping that I'll never come across those attitudes. <laughs>
1: Oh, that's so good, and I feel like in today's day and age, now is the time for just accepting people and accepting different views and moving forward. And mm-hmm. you're just a really awesome lady, and we're so glad that we got a chance to talk to you about, you know, not only yourself but Hot Octopus and what they're doing in the community. Um, since Hot Octopus is such a big deal in the disabled community. Um, and there's a little, probably a lot of women listening to this that want to try out some toys for themselves. But what do they do if they have questions about what toy suits them best, or what they should go with, or if they want to speak to you about it? Um, what can they do to get a hold of you or Hot Octopus?
2: So the best way to get a hold of me is on my Instagram, which is Miss Cal G. So it's M-S-Kal-K-E-L. G E E, Um, But also you can contact me via the Pleasure Rebels Instagram or the Hot Octopus Instagram. Everybody will direct you to me. Um, But I am more than happy to speak to anybody about sex and disability. And if any of your listeners do want to uh, buy any toys and try any toys, um, you can use my code, which is Rebel20. And that will get you 20% off our our toys um, through our podcast podcast. So
1: if you can uh, if you want to try those, then by all means use that code to get it out there. That's amazing cuz I know that we're all looking to save some money when it comes to that, especially when you're trying something <laughs> sorry, excuse me, especially when you're trying something new. Yes. Um, that's so, so so awesome. Thank
2: you so much for worry. that code. Oh, sorry, so no, it's fine. That's my worry I was going to say when it comes to buying sex toys is, you know, sometimes you don't know what you like. And sex toys are expensive sometimes. Ours, I think, are quite good, especially with that new code. Um, but you know, it's, it's one of those things you think, I'm, am I going to like this? Do I go for a cheaper version? Sometimes the cheaper versions just miss the mark. And these products are really good. I can vouch for that. And I know I might sound a little bit biased, but <laughs> I've got it I've got to big up the toys that I love. <laughs>
0: Amazing. Thank you so much, Kelly. You have been an absolute pleasure to have on our podcast today. We are so grateful to have you on and share some of your advice and some of your stories. So once again... Once again, we never want to say goodbye. We just want to say see you later because we certainly would love to have you on once more discussing all sorts of taboo topics. And we're going to ask you to debunk some more myths for us um, in the future. So thank you once again for coming on and joining both Brooke and I on our podcast today.
2: No worries. I'll definitely be
1: down for that. Anything you want to ask me, I'll be back for it. No problem. Awesome. Thank you so much, Kelly. Um, we are looking forward to chatting you again. If, if any of our followers have any questions, you know how to contact Kelly, you know the discount code. Uh, if you want any anonymous questions submitted, you can email us wagsofsci of SCI at gmail.com, or you can contact us over Instagram at wags of SCI. If you have any questions at all, we are always wanting to talk about sex. If you have any advice or any you know, potential future podcast topics surrounding sex that you want to contribute, feel free to email us anytime. We are looking forward to working with Hot Octopus in the future and showcasing more exciting stuff from you guys. And we're wishing you all the best in your endeavors. You are so inspiring, Kelly, and you're you're gonna you're just an inspiration to us and you've done so much with your life and we're grateful that you came on today. Well thank you very much. Thanks for having me. Thanks until next time. Cheers.
0: reach group Wags of SCI is currently a volunteer-based operation.
1: We raise funds year-round to pay for date nights for our couples, essential medical supplies that our members may not be able to afford, mental health support for our wags, including counseling, and our amazing
0: meetups led by our volunteer ambassadors around the globe. If you feel called to support our mission, please visit our website wagsofsci.com or donate directly to the Wags of SCI Go fund me page.
1: We thank you for your support to help make this group possible and make a difference in the lives of STI couples worldwide.